Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I'm here today with Terry N. Russell, and she is back on the high road. And welcome back to High Road to Humanity, Terry Ann. Thank you, Nancy, for having me today. I love connecting with you. I like connecting with you, too. I'm glad you came back. She's written this fabulous book, From Death to Life. And this is the incredible true story of Anthony Joseph, her son. And she's here today to share some information about what it's like to be a parent and to have a child pass or just to have anyone pass and to tell, talk to us about the other side and to let us know that this isn't it, that there's more. You know, Terri-Ann is an author. She's an energy practitioner. She is a Violet Flame 4.0 creator. She's an alchemist. And um, she's a really good friend to me. She's also a reverend, which I think is really awesome. And Tyrion, I'm just really glad you're here. And I'm really glad you wrote this book. You know, if you wouldn't mind, give us a little indication. Anthony was not sick when this happened. How old was he, by the way? Uh, He had just turned 27 in June. And we had spent a week away together. And he was perfectly healthy. Six foot, 200 pounds, healthy. Like, you could not look at him and think that he was sick. Um, But so what we pieced together um, from the autopsy and everything is he actually passed with a similar condition to what my daughter had, but it was his pancreas rather than his um, intestines like my daughter. So he had pancreatitis, which occurs in so many um, people that are age 20 to 30. um, And it's actually more common than you would think it is. Okay. Um, The pancreas became necrotic and it wrapped around his spleen, causing that to rupture, um, similar to your appendix. And so he bled to death, a similar um, illness that my daughter had when my daughter was born. Crazy. Crazy. I don't believe that coincidences. And you two were awfully close. Like you had spent other lifetimes together. You figured out after his passing when you, you went and had some past life regressions. Is that right? Absolutely. We were very close, but we were very different. Um, He didn't understand a lot of um, my ideas or beliefs. And how could he? Because I grew up so differently than he did. Um, So we did butt heads at times, but we were extremely close. We had just uh, spent a week together in Vegas before he passed for his birthday. Um, Never any indication that he was sick. So it was a total shock for our entire family. Um, Do you think he knew I do think he, on a subconscious level, on a soul level, I think he knew. I think we all know when it's going to be time. I think he had, he's, he was very intuitive. He didn't talk about it often. Once in a while, it sort of scared him. Um, you go back to the book and I shared some of his writings. He was very intuitive. Um, he had a lot of premonitions and dreams, which scared him. He sort of wanted to like tune it out. I could see him like, you know, he had headphones on a lot. He didn't want to be exposed to, it was very intense for him, I think. I understand. 
So the night that this happened, you said he he wasn't feeling well. He went to the emergency room. They sent him home and said he had like a stomach flu. Yeah, he, he was vomiting. He had a fever. Um, sent him home with a stomach bug diagnosis. Within a few hours, he was dying. And um, they couldn't save him. And that was about 10 o'clock at night, two o'clock in the morning. An officer knocked on our door and told us. And I actually had a premonition when my boys were really young of this exact scene that played out in my house the night he died. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they were really young at the time. So early 90s, I would have these reoccurring dreams of an officer knocking on our door, telling me one of my children were dead, but I was never allowed to see who it was. And so that occurred over a period of maybe like three years, not every day, but often, often enough for me to pay attention. You think Um, that was a preparation for you subconsciously so that you weren't so devastated by the passing? Yeah. And I didn't find out again until later. I didn't piece the two together until after I started looking at it. And I was like, that's the exact scene in my premonition that I saw the officer knocked on the door. I fall to the floor. I'm screaming and crying. That was the exact scene in my premonition. Um, Years and years. So he was little. He was maybe, you know, four or five. Wow. And then right after the passing, he was right there with you on the couch. He was. It was so intense. I have to tell you, oh, my gosh, all of my psychic senses were on high alert. I could feel him. I could smell him. I could hear him. He was screaming at me. You could hear him. Outside of my body. So the officer probably thought I was a lunatic um, because I was like, I can hear him. He's here. He's not dead. He's not dead. There's no way that he's dead. Um, And I kept talking to him like, you're not dead. Like, it's not. I just saw you Friday. This is not possible that you're dead. What was your husband doing? He was didn't know. He was in total shock. We were all luckily our children were gone. Um, Nobody was in the house with us except him and I that night. Um, That was two o'clock in the morning. Immediately six o'clock in the morning, we drove two hours to go tell my children. Um, my other two sons who lived two hours away, we, we drove to tell them. Devastated is not even the word. Um, you have to understand about my boys. There was a, a, a bond, like an unwritten bond between my three sons. Right. Uh, they were born three years apart. Uh, their father left when they were very young. So it was always the three of them. And it was the three of them for a long time. And they were extremely close. Yeah. Um, so there was this unwritten bond of brotherhood uh, between them. So my boys took it very deeply. Um, as, you know, the older one, he's the oldest. So he was like, you know, how, why, how? And he didn't really believe at that point in anything beyond what you experience here. Right. So, a difficult time. My youngest began drinking and still he drinks a lot. there's a a coping mechanism. I think a lot of times that happens because you would lose your mind and go insane. And that's why I was talking about leaving your body. When he was there, I left my body and trauma. A lot of times we leave our body. Right. Psychologically, we can't handle what's what we're experiencing. Now, you know, it's nice that you talk about him being with you 
And, you know, because a lot of people, they don't hear from their loved ones right away. Will you talk about that a little bit? Because uh, he was able to come back right away and be there with you, where a lot of people, they're not prepared. But he was an old soul. Yes, he, he was an old soul. He had done this numerous times. So for him, I think it was, I feel like he like got there and hit the ground running like his, you know, he was there in the other, he, he explains it like one minute he was in the room in his body. Um, and the next minute he was outside of his body and he was telling his friend, Dan, I'm not dead. I'm right here. I'm not dead, Dan. Like what is going on? Yeah. But then right after that point, he was going to the light. So he knew um, what was occurring for him. I've been very fortunate because I, I do this work, but I have to tell you, it's not the same. Um, being a mother that has lost a child, um, there's no words to describe what goes through you. Um, even though I have this connection with him, I, I want people to, I didn't want to have this connection with him, honestly. It was very painful for me to have a connection and to understand he's not here anymore in the physical. So I struggled with the spiritual and the physical worlds, um, living in either world and not really wanting to be here. So when yeah. I write the, when I started writing the book, he was very adamant that I needed to write this book. Mm -hmm. Well, you talk, you talk about your soul contract you had before you got here. And so this was something you needed to work on as far as handling a death of a loved one. And you talk about that in the book because it's not an easy thing. A lot of people blame themselves or they just can't handle the pain. They can't move forward. And how did you handle this? Mm. How did you do it? Honestly, um, from the love of God, I, I truly believe that I knew I had to stay. I wanted to commit suicide. I didn't want to be here. It was that painful for me. It was physically painful for me. Right. And he would tell me, you're not going to be with me if you commit suicide. You will not be here with me. So I understood. I had a lot going on. I understood that, but my grief was so heavy. So I began to look for alternative ways. I didn't want to go on drugs. Everybody in my family was like, oh, go to the doctor, get an antidepressant. <laughs> get a pill, pop a pill. <laughs> right. And so I could be a zombie and I wouldn't experience. I know I knew that I needed to experience that pain. I knew that this beauty would come out of this pain, this darkness. But That's I good advice. Know, to how would I do this? <laughs> no, that you know what I just have to, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but that was that's really good advice because that is the first thing people want to do is give somebody like a tranquilizer and numb themselves, and that's the opposite of what we should do when we're in pain like that. Like we're taught not to feel our feelings, you know, and when you feel your feelings, it. Did it help you just work through it a little bit better or get to a, it helped you progress, I think, and when you work through your feelings. Is that it right? helped me progress. I knew I had to feel it. Right. I knew that for me, and I think a lot of people, like you said, we're so used to numbing what that pain is and right. we don't process it. I had to process it and go through this integrative period where I would go through this pain. I would do some healing. I would process what was occurring and it would allow me to bring my vibration up and be a little lighter. Right. Okay. You know, you've written this really cool book and 
I want you, when we come back from commercial break, we're doing the podcast today too, you guys, even though we are on Healing Within TV today, we have our podcast, High Road to Humanity, where the listeners, where you can listen to. And so we're going to do that today. And we're going to pause here for a few minutes. But when we come back, I would like for you to read um, a little bit of what, uh, I think you're going to read about his journal, right? From yeah. his journal, from Anthony's journal. Okay, so it's From Death to Life by Terry N. Russell. If you want to pick her book up, this is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity, and we will be right back. Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Hold your head high, the world is coming. Watch the colors lift your soul. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout, and I have some very exciting news to share with you. High Road to Humanity can now be found on Apple TV and Roku. I've signed on with Healing Within TV, and this is where you'll find my channel, High Road to Humanity. This platform offers live interaction, so you'll be able to ask questions and call in when we go live. I just want to thank everyone for supporting the show all these years, and I will see you on the high road. God bless. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the high road. Hi, this is Nancy. You're out. And this is High Road to Humanity. And I'm here today with Terry Ann Russell. And she's talking about her son, Anthony Joseph, who passed. He was 27 years old when he passed. And he was your middle child. Is that right? Your middle son? Yes, my second son. Your second son. And before you read his information, I just want to ask, you communicate with him. He's one of your spirit guides, yes? He is. So it's changed and transitioned over the last three years. The first two years, he was very much every day in my space, yapping. I call it yapping. It was like constant, incessant talking. (laughs) Um, But... At two years, he sort of took a step back. And that's when I started channeling Mother Mary. And we'll talk about that later, too. Um, And so he's been so now we we just made past the three year mark and he's here. He's not here every day. I don't need him as much. So I do call on him when I need him. And then sometimes when I don't know that I need him and I need him, he's here anyway. Um, So he's still very present. I do believe he is my, one of my main spirit guides, my protector. Can I ask, what does he tell you about where he is and what he does? So from the beginning, he showed me that he is still very much a helper. He is helping. He's helped children cross over. He sent parents to me who had young children cross and how he was there helping them cross over. He showed me his room and he has like this big screen TV that he watches us. He, you know, he's able to see what everybody is. Cause I used to be concerned. I was like, 
all right, I don't want to take up all your time. I want you to go to your brothers, you know what I mean? Or go to your sisters. And so I would feel guilty that I was taking up so much of his time. And he said, you don't have to worry about that. I can be in many places at once. It's not like you conceive it to be. Um, so he showed me this room and he's got this big TV. And then he has like, he showed me in one vision, like these compartments and they were like nine compartments. So nine is an important number for him. He passed at 27, which is nine, the completion. Okay. And we go into talking about the book where I'm going to read a little bit about the cycles. And so the cycle that he was in was his 13th cycle. Go um, read it, read it, read it, read it. Go for it, go for it. Okay. So he says this, he wrote when he was 15 years old. Wow. At times, none at all, or perhaps something in between, but the middle is a fairy tale, a neutral moment in time where all else is in balance. Maybe that is an unachievable goal you wish to have. Maybe it's not. Possibly already accomplished. How to remember, you can't. It is not able to be done until you're in the afterworld. And so then I asked him about this. I channeled him and I asked him and I said, I want you to tell me parts of this 12th rotation. What does it mean? And he said, the middle of your life, your physical life is a fairy tale, a life within lives, a layover in the human body to help your soul advance. The fairy tale may not always be a fairy tale, but may feel more like a nightmare. Look around you. Many are awakening and they are living in fear not understanding their soul is speaking to them, yet they are beginning to awaken to this divine within, a place that can only be accessed when your human and your soul come together as one. Not everyone can get here because they what they have endured in their life, they're still living in the darkness. From what they can be conditioned to believe and what they still choose to believe long after they're able to think for themselves, they know the truth, but they can't access it. And I thought, wow, like, so at 15, he wrote the passage I read first, and then he I channeled him and he told me this. And that was about the time that COVID was starting. Um, he was, it was actually before COVID. Um, and so he was kept talking about this awakening, that people would have this awakening. Um, and they wouldn't understand what that meant. And a lot of them, it, they had a lot of fear around it because they didn't understand it. I understand. So has he talked about it since, you know, cause I feel like now that we've gone through this COVID thing, a lot of people have woken up and they're pay, paying attention to what's going on. They're starting to see the truth. Uh, you know, once you wake up, you start to realize that things aren't as they seem. Does he, has he talked about that in the last year or so? Yeah. So he's told me you can't, unsee what you've seen it was necessary in the preparation for okay. the people to undergo this processing to okay. be able to slow down to be able to understand COVID did make people go within and really you know wake up now there's a lot of people that aren't awake but I think more things are going to happen like now we're seeing gas prices you know increase um, so what if they've come down 50 cents, they've gone up three bucks, you know what I mean? It's like crazy. You know, we see food, you know, on the shelves. I look for, I, unfortunately, I think there's going to be some food shortage issues, which there seem to already be, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now. Does he talk about that? 
Yeah, he does. And so what he's told me, and as of late, even just as a, a couple of days ago, he told me that this preparation that I've been under, that the light workers have been under, it's really important for us to anchor in the light now. Always anchor in the light, no matter what's being thrown. It's like, um, what did he show me? It's like a, a baseball field and all these balls are coming at you, but you're standing there in your light, anchored in your light, and nothing can penetrate you. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense because I bring in the light every day. And once you plug in, it only takes a second, you guys. Plug it in. I don't care whether you visualize the white light coming down through your crown chakra, through your body and coming up from the ground, or whether you visualize a plug, plugging into God, the goddess, whatever you want to say, source, doesn't matter, but we got to plug in and then we're okay. That's what I know. And that's what you know too, huh? Yeah. And then not living in the fear or the grief. A lot of times, uh, a lot of people get stuck in that fear you know, we are a society where we're used to just going to the store and getting whatever we need. We don't have that access now. We're going back to all those, I call them old fashioned ways of living, but you didn't just have money to just go, oh, I want steak today and go get steak at the store. Um, so there's a lot of differences you're going to start to see. I think for people to start to understand that um, it's going to be hard for some people. Yeah, I think it's really important, though, that um, we kind of go back to basics. I agree. Ooh, I like the old-fashioned way. I liked when the family all sat down at dinner. I was a single mom, but I still, that was one thing. I always We always had dinner together. Whether they wanted to or not, I made my daughter sit down with me and have dinner with me because I felt like it was the one time that we could talk about things and what happened in your day, you know, and I kind of had a feel for what was going on in their lives and they had a feel for what was going on in my life. And the same thing with, you know, um, and I don't want to get into a whole thing, but, you know, values and morals and things like that, you know, you've become a reverend recently. And so have I, but talk about this a little bit, Terry Ann. So being a reverend was never on Terry Ann's <laughs> radar. <laughs> um, I laugh because it's not something Terry Ann ever wanted to do. Um, <clears throat> I grew up very strict Catholic. I wanted to be as far away from religion as I could possibly be. Mm. But through the death of Anthony, I've transitioned and changed so much. About his two-year anniversary, I was really doing a lot of deep healing. We were traveling, and so I was traveling the country doing grid work on the earth. And I was missing him again. I was going through this deep waves of grief. And that's about the time that he brought in Mother Mary. And that's the time that I started channeling her to write my next book. And I spent a lot of time, almost about a year, going through this intensive healing program for myself and connecting with Mother Mary and becoming a reverend through that. Um, now, why did, did now? I've always wanted to become a minister my whole life. I knew I would. Yeah, I knew I would. I mean, it's not. It's just something I was waiting. I don't know what I was waiting for. I always knew I'd have a congregation. I just didn't know this is how it was going to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I didn't know like that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was going to be like this. I thought I was going to be in a pulpit or something. <laughs> but, you know, did Mother Mary, you know, tell you that this is something she wanted you to do or? You know, it came across my radar. 
And I was like, okay, let me sit with this. What is this? Am I supposed to do this? And I really tuned in um, because I did have a lot of beliefs about religion. And this is not about religion. For me, um, becoming a reverend was giving a new voice to the church, not telling people how they should view the Bible, right. letting people decide for themselves what the Bible means to them. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, what Anthony's told me is so long, we've talked about his story and the male in the religion. And now we're going to her story. Yeah. Well, and you know, it used to be the females were in charge here on the planet and we misused our powers. And so it went to the male and now it's coming back to the female and it's quite interesting to watch it, but what's Mary say? What does she, what's her message? Do you mind? So Mary, for me, uh, was about these transmissions, and there's 12 transmissions in the book. So it's a workbook um, to connect, and it's called Reaching for You, the Crystalline Light Series with Mary. And there's 12 transmissions. It's about unraveling. You can't get to a certain point if you first don't do the work. Right. Um, So I had 12 months of initiations where I'd go through these transmissions. Um, And the first three transmissions were back to back. Um, They weren't as intense for me. Everybody's going to be different depending on what they need. When you experience a transmission, then um, you'll go through whatever that entails, plus the processing and the integration of that. All right. Now I'm going to stop you. When you say transmission, you're talking about the information being put into your crown chakra, into your body. Is that right? Yeah. So as you read it, so it's channeled from Mary through me, but as you read the book, then you're receiving that the same way that I've received it. Although your process and integration will be different based on what it is that you need, what your, your, your evolution of your soul wants. Right. So so every person may get something different from that transmission. I just want to clarify so people knew what you were talking about. What has been the biggest uh, surprise uh, while channeling her? What's been the biggest message that she gave you that just really shocked you? I think all of it. Um, Finding out that she was here now, I believe from what she's told me that Mary and Jesus both are on, there's there's like, how would I explain it? like sparks of light that they send out from their essence. Right. And everybody who's supposed to be in touch with those sparks of light will receive. So you'll see a lot of people starting to connect with Mary or Jesus more. So now Um, relaying information, writing books, information is coming through Um, because of where we're going in this new, this new earth. Mm-hmm. I think that's why their presence is needed at this time, because we're going to go through and that we've been going through already, but the darker periods. And right. so like similar to Anthony with the darkness that I went through, there's people that have to go through that darkness to get to that light. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. You know, I'm going to read a little bit more from your book, if that's okay. I asked Anthony what I was supposed to read and this is what he said. So it's a chapter Uh, It says near death and out of body experiences, premonitions and dreams. 
In Anthony's journal, he recounts a dream that involves him visiting the other side. He didn't know the nature of his dream at the time in 2016, but looking back now, I know what it was. He begins, in my dream, I approach a set of huge mahogany doors and sense on the other side are paths leading to other lives I've lived. One door has a warning sign in it or on it. It's the door I'm most drawn to. I'm curious. The door opens on its own and suddenly my vision narrows like I'm in a tunnel. I sleep through the doorway and move forward. I step through the doorway and move forward. Three hallways are before me, each leading to different areas. Serenity fills me and love. Immense love, so strong and deep, words cannot describe it. It's a love like no other. The beauty surrounding me blows me away. Wow. Do you want me to read a little more? So he wrote that also when he was about, he was about 17 years old when he had that premonition. Well, this is, I'm going to read a little bit more. He says, I float to a hallway and I'm drawn to not really understanding how I'm going to get there. I see a large gleaming structure sitting on a cloud formation as if suspend, as if in suspended animation. There are windows made of orange and red glass with green filaments mixed in. It feels peaceful, yet there is some fear inside me. Fear of the unknown, but there's a familiarity to it. A spiral of light surrounds me with love. It feels like I'm home. I'm getting chills. Oh, that's God. home. See, and that's the truth. You know, we're not home here. This isn't home. You know, honestly, to be honest, and I don't, feel, I've never felt comfortable here. <laughs> I have to say, I've never felt comfortable here. I've all, there's been times, you know, and I'll ask you this question. There's been times where I say, I just want to go home. Have you ever felt like that? And to say, I just want to go home. Yes. And Anthony felt like that often. He never found a place, but he did love Flagstaff. He felt like he was home in Flagstaff, but there was still a longing. And I feel a similar longing as a human in this world. I've been to other places and I understand that that is home. The place he was talking about, that's home to me. Like he knew at 17 years old, he knew what home consisted of but he couldn't attain that while being human right it's difficult well we're all down here to learn and this is not easy I just wanted to say you know this is not an easy place but we are here to learn and we are here to evolve and the more we connect to God the easier it is is all that I have learned what what do you think Absolutely. And the healing that we need to do, we've pushed it aside for too long now. The deep, intense work that I've done, there's a lot of people doing at this time because what has held us back, we can't bring with us is what they keep telling me. All of that stuff, all of those old beliefs, thoughts, patterns, fears, doubts, all of that cannot go where we're going. Not in 5D. No, we have to forget about that stuff. You know, Okay, so I'm just thinking as you're talking, you went through this tragedy, but it changed your life for the better. And it made you more connected to God. And here you are a reverend. And the same thing, I went through a horrible divorce and other things that have happened in my life. But it wasn't until the divorce that I really took the time, like you're saying, to go inside, like I had gone in and fixed different things. But it was like, a, it's been two years of me 
really spending time on Nancy. Cause I had somebody say something to me and I do this with my clients. Now somebody said to me, cause I kept talking about my ex-husband and they said, but what about Nancy? You know, we're always trying to help everybody else, but we forget about ourselves. Like, and now is the time I feel as you're speaking about this, you know, you had to go in it. You were forced almost. And I was forced even though maybe we didn't want to. And everyone who's this whole COVID, we've been forced to do it, just like you say. So we don't bring all these beliefs that aren't real with us anymore. Yeah. And it's difficult, isn't it? I found it extremely difficult, painful even to go through these processes of unraveling what happened when I was a child what happened when I was, you know, married and and went through that divorce and where those fears and doubts came about my, it was like all I've known for a certain amount of time. Like the people would describe me, Oh, you're so strong. You're a tough one, blah, blah, blah. You can handle anything. Meanwhile, that's not who I was. That was the mask, the facade that protected me when Terry Ann or my soul had to protect me. And then there comes a point and you're becoming this new person now and you're evolving, but you're healing and it's painful to let go of that old person who you were, but that old person has to die as well. Right. And the family, it's interesting. How is the family? Because, you know, you've evolved and the family, have they evolved as well? Your family after his passing. My children still struggle. I, I, I'd say probably the hardest thing is not the death of Anthony. It's af- every day after that. Every day after I've been forced to be in a place where I've got to work on my frequency, my vibration to make sure that I'm in a good place for the work that I do. My children have their own path and their own journey, which sometimes is difficult to watch, to observe them in this space of going through their own grief Mm -hmm. and understanding loss and what it means. And I do believe that all my children have a connection with him. They're just not always fully cognizant of what that is. What about his father? His natural father is not in a picture. Um, never has been. Okay. But Tim has been his father for the last, you know, six years before he died. And, So he's come to Tim and helped Tim understand too. So he has a connection with everybody in our family. It's not just me. He's had a connection with other people who he has brought to me who said, um, you know, this woman showed up who I work with now on a podcast and, and she said, I don't know, I'm just here. And so she, she was, uh, she's a medium and she was channeling my son and she said, I don't even know who I am to tell you this. Like, how could I possibly tell you that this is your son? And the second she said to me what she was getting from him, I knew it was my son. Well, and it's interesting because you and I did an interview together and um, connected. And then I was coming to Sedona and I kept seeing on Facebook that you had opened a new office. But, you know, I didn't know you. I hadn't really met you or anything. And I, I kept getting this thing like I'm supposed to go interview you. Now, I don't know why or but it had to be Anthony that kept putting it. It was like somebody put a bug in my ear and said, oh, go interview her. And I did. And I just want the audience to know when I got there and we met, 
we did the interview and you ended up giving me a healing, which you didn't expect. No, not at all. And so how amazing is that? I always say like, sometimes we don't know why we don't always know the answer to what we're receiving, but you go with it, right? Well, yeah, because I even looked at you and said, do I need this? And you said, yeah. And so we were brought together for that reason. And we've become, actually, we've become friends since then, since we've met. But the thing is, it's interesting how we all connect somehow, you know, and it, and I feel it had to have been Anthony or it could have been the angels or our guides just connecting us. It's funny how the people who come on the show and you can talk about this because you have a show too, keeping it real with the sisters of the light. And I want you to talk about that a little bit today, but I always feel like the people who come on my show are supposed to like God sends them because they're the next evolution of my and the audience's progression. Do you want to talk about that? Address it a little bit. Yeah, I feel like that. And I feel like that with my clients as well. I've been doing a lot of um, light therian um, work and the violet flame 4.0. What is that? What is that? Tell everybody what that is, Tyrion. Oh, my God. When I first heard, I thought they were crazy. I was like, (laughs) like, Anthony's like, St. Germain is going to come in and connect with you and you're going to download. And I was like, okay, whatever, you know, I'm just like, I'll go with it. But it had to be after a certain point when I was able to raise my frequency enough, not be so deep in grief. Um, So I channeled St. Germain for a few months and I came up with the Violet Flame 4.0, which is a DNA activation, which is turning into actually a year long program now that I work with clients. Violet Flame. The Violet Flame burns away a lot of stuff. it's beautiful, beautiful energy. I had never heard of St. Germain before this. I laugh because I'm like, who? Like, I need to go look this up, right? So that's another thing I want people to know. It's like, it's not like I was, you know, all knowing. Into um, all this, yeah. Right, it's there. Terrian's soul knows, but Terrian doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a healing that, you do uh, for people to, uh, you bring in the violet flame and then that kind of clears them is what you're saying. I channel the violet flame through me. And so there, the violet flame um, is beautiful, beautiful energy, just like it says violet flame. The 4.0, I didn't understand for a while until it took me a couple of times to really get in that space and channel that information. But the the 4.0 for um, my modality is the name of modality, modality, which is trademarked now the violet flame 4.0. Um, It's the directions, the north, south, east, and west. Oh, a little shamanic um, energy in there as well. Okay. All right, cool. If people want to get in touch with you and they want a healing, how do they find you? You can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Terry Ann Russell, but you can uh, schedule with me at uh, terryannrussell.as.me. And that is my website that lists all of my services. I have tons of services. So you really have to take your time (laughs) and go through and look. But my focus really this year has been about um, grief, healing grief. Um, A lot of my clients are coming in for my light therian uh, Reiki work that I do that I was trained for after the death of Anthony. That was another one of my progressions that happened before I became a, a reverend. 
Um, so that's really where my, in the Violet Flame 4.0, that's really where my focus of my work has gone this year. Wow. Now, you when you when I came to your office, you activated my Merkaba. Yeah, and so after being with Mary, the last three transmissions, I started to receive and see celestial beings who had names. Um, one of which stood out to me as a, a guy that I know on earth. And so Salazar is in the high council. I, I never heard of the high council either. I was being ordained in Sedona and there was like four of us and above us, I could see this high galactic council surrounding us. And I kept hearing the name Salazar. And so when I met this guy that was there with me, I, I reached out to him and I said, you know, do you know, is this you? I kept getting this is him. And so he said, let me check and tune in. And he was like, oh my God. <laughs> He's like, this is an aspect of me. Yes, we are on the high council together. And so the celestial realm started coming in more and that's what brought the, um, the macabre, uh, the macabre um, repair and activation to become a, a service of mine. Yeah. And that, you know, and it's interesting because it changed me. Love that. Yeah, it did. And I didn't know that I needed it, but she did it. And it was really cool. And I just have to say, you know, it's just amazing that you're here doing this work to help everybody. I mean, gosh, Tyrion, I have to commend you. Thank you. I worked really hard to stay here. It was, it was a really hard and a long, arduous process for me to be able to stay on earth and to be able to be in this space today and to do what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm very grateful for people like you, my angels that surround me on earth, my angels that surround me in the celestial realm. Yeah. I kind of did it alone. <laughs> I know. Well, that's okay. <laughs> um, we're all here to help each other. And that's one thing I want to say us light workers help each other. I, I don't know, you know, the audience, if you all realize that as we connect, you know, on zoom, a lot of us do meet, a lot of us don't meet, but we help each other because we have to, we have to hold each other up. We, we have our days too, just like everybody else, you know, we're not perfect. We are here in these human bodies. Um, I don't remember everything. I just, like you, I remember bit, bits and pieces, you know, as time goes on, it seems like we remember more and more as we get older. I don't know. That's how it, what it feels like for me, but we do help each other and support each other. And as you become more uh, light and more, I don't want to say evolved. I hate that word. I more connected, you know, to the divine, you know, it's always cool to reach out you guys, just so you know, I just want the audience to know that before we get out of here. I, and I don't want to make this a bad part of the ending, but you did go through a terrible time where you were like ready to say, this is it. I don't want to be here anymore. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think Honestly, a lot of um, what we talk about on Keeping It Real with the Sisters of the Light is nobody talks about the difficult process that you go through becoming this person that you're becoming, um, getting in touch with that connection more. There's got to be a lot of darkness or within you that needs to be healed. And so that when that comes up, that's very painful. For me, I didn't want to be here. I had suicidal thoughts. I was leaving. I would hear, um, just like I hear spirit, I would hear low energy beings tell me, 
just jump out in front of that car. You can be with your son now. And I wanted that so bad. They knew my weakness. They knew what I wanted. So it's nice that you say that there is a dark that feeds on the light and feeds on people. And so it's a choice. You have to be really strong to make that choice not to do that. It is a choice. It is a choice for me. Um, as I went on, I, it was not a choice. I knew that I had to stay here. And so I knew that I wouldn't be with him. I knew I had to, I would have to come back and do it again and it would be harder. And I did not want to come back again. Is that what happens when you commit suicide? They say you have to reincarnate again until you get it right. You don't get to stay. Correct. Is they that say that you have to come back again and, and keep do it going. Again. And, and I believe it would be harder. Um, because of the path that I've had and I have taken my own life. That's what that my experience. So that's what I believe. Um, maybe somebody else believes differently, but I know that for me, I'm not coming back again. So <laughs> I want to do it all. <laughs> I'm not coming back either girlfriend. I feel the same as you. I want to get it right in this lifetime. So I don't have to keep doing this. And I, that's why we're here. We're here to learn and look how much we've learned. My gosh. Well, listen, we should probably get out of here for today. Is there anything you want to talk a little bit about keeping it real with the Sisters of the Light on YouTube? You want to promote your show a little bit, and, you know? Sure. Well, keeping it real with the Sisters of the Light is that woman that I just mentioned, Anne, who joined me in Sedona and met me just by a video popping up on her phone that was from my son. I had never heard of me before. Uh, and so through her, we connected with this other woman, Cherie. And we actually are moving over to Clubhouse. So we're doing both. Clubhouse is a new app. And it's a also a podcast show that you can interact with your um, people on there. So we like that. Um, it's called Spiritual Conversation. And so we sort of do both. We're on Clubhouse and then we do the YouTube. I like it because it gives us a chance to share our experiences. Um, I believe none of us are getting out of here <laughs> with a free ride it's important for us to do our work now. Right now, more than ever, we need to be in the light and we need to be doing our work for those things that have held us back before. Right. Give everybody your website again, how to find you. It's HTTPS semicolon backslash backslash Terry and Russell dot as dot me. That asked that me. All right, you guys. The book is From Death to Life, The Incredible Story of Anthony Joseph. You guys, we're going to get out of here for today. If you want a psychic reading or if you need me to say a prayer, go to my website, nancyyearout.com, and you can connect with me. Tyrion, thank you for coming on today. Oh, thank you for having me. I love God you. God bless. I appreciate it. All right, you guys, we're getting out of here for today. This is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road Team Manity, and we'll see you next time. Everybody take care, and God bless. Please join me next week on the high road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. You can find High Road to Humanity on Apple TV and on Roku under Healing Within TV. Have a blessed week and know by staying on the high road, you will make it to your destination. For a psychic empath reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com, to book your date and time with me. I will deliver your message from the angels. God bless.